Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit, travel, and magic the gathering. I'm your host, Dwight, aka DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me at MTG Ectoplasm on Twitter, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? Now, like I ask each and every single episode, do me a favor, two favors to be specific. Hit that follow, like, subscribe button. Because without you hitting that follow, like, subscribe button, uh, something with these algorithms, uh, this content can get pushed out to the masses. So I, it's really important for me to ask you and beg you and plead. Get down on bending the knee. I'm making the hand signals for you. Please, please, please hit that follow, like, subscribe button. It's around here somewhere. Also, Tell your friends and family about the show, because if you like the show, they're going to like the show. And remember, I'm not charging you a dime, a nickel, a peso, a ruby, an inti. I'm not charging you anything. All right. So it's free content. Share it with the masses. Now, I know some of you were a little disappointed. I usually do episodes uh, specifically on Sundays and Wednesdays. And then once in a while, I'll throw in a live show on Tuesday. But due to unforeseen circumstances that were beyond my control, the ravishing one, the one I call the ravishing Renata, decided to surprise me with an anniversary gift. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be happily married right there. I'm, I'm going to be happily married. Very happy. Okay, I'm going to be very happily married for 10 years now. We're supporting, you know, having our 10-year anniversary coming up. She bought me tickets for a jazz funk band that I do enjoy along the Jersey Shore at the legendary Stone Pony uh, Asbury Park. Wow, it was just a great time. That's where we had our first date. That's where we had our first date. We went and saw Floggin' Molly. Uh, for the for those who don't know, it's like an Irish punk band. And we drank beer all night with the bassist, Nathan Maxwell. So if, Nathan, you're out there, you're watching the show, uh, thank you for having you know having a good time with us speaking Spanish the whole entire night. Uh, but we had a great time, and hopefully we'll get to see him again shortly in the next couple of months because he's coming back into town. Now, I know, ladies and gentlemen, you're like, oh, well, I'm here about Magic Gathering. You know what, what's this nonsense well you know i, I gotta show love to the one who drives the show uh she's the individual who uh, helps once in a while create the content but she's the one who does all the vaccine noise and she's the one currently working on our website and working on our ma merchandising because ladies and gentlemen uh we want to give you some nice shirts so you can wear and share with the masses and go hey if you like spirits this guy is awesome and that's i'm sorry that's no bushied right there. He gives that bushied, you know? Uh, it's great content. So let me introduce the one, the only, the ravishing one, the ravishing Renata. Hi. How you doing, ravishing? How you feeling? I'm doing quite well. No, thank you for being here. Thank you for driving the show. Now, this content, this this particular show, ladies and gentlemen, I told you uh, uh, previously, when we were talking about the pro tour, that that was going to be part one. This segment here is part two. Ravishing, what do you think? What do you think about you and I went down this content? What do you think? I think it's really great content for our listeners. I think it's going to get them ready. Uh, if you've never been to a pro tour event or just to any major event where there's competition, ladies and gentlemen, you really need to focus. You really need to listen. Uh, I would tell you, personally, get a, pit, get a piece of pen paper out and start writing because i want to give you some nuggets some gems you're going to be like wait these are common sense but i, will, I want you to understand ladies and gentlemen i will let you know one thing 
Common sense is not common. If not, we wouldn't be saying, oh, that's common sense. Because everybody and their mother would be doing it, right? So that's why I put together a list of, of things that we need to do to get ready for this event. But before I started, a friend of mine decided to share an image with me, and I wanted to share it with you. And the reason why is because you see this ghostly, sorry, the ghostly individual next to me. It's the MTG ectoplasm logo. Well, somehow, I don't know if Watsy's watching or they're listening, but I hope they are. And if they are, uh, make peekaboo. Make peekaboo. I don't care if it's a legendary uh, one one blue or white spirit where it allows you to look at opponent's hand draw and draw a card and flies. It doesn't have to have flash, but as long as it has flying. Now, Ravishing, bring up the image. Now, I know what some of you are going to go, well, it's it's somewhat like your logo, but not really. Well, let me, I'm saying it, it's very similar. But the reason why, you got the little curls coming up looking like my ghost arms, the colors, the color palette, you got the purple and you got the green, you got the spirits. It's in a cemetery. It's very spectacular. And I, I'm, 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 I don't know what card this is. If you are listening to this show, do me a favor, go to the YouTube and just keep on listening to the show. But when afterwards come to this a moment and look at this image, if anybody can tell me what this card is, I would love to know. Share it with me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com or on my Twitter at mtgectoplasm because there's too much going on. This is this is too new of an image. I've never seen this image before, and it obviously it has to deal with Kamagawa Neon Dynasty. So I'm very curious because I know I need to collect this card because of my ghostly friend that's right behind my shoulder. So... Uh, tell me what you guys thought. I, I love the image. It's just a, uh, for those listening in, it looks like a young lady uh, in a veil, a black veil with a green lantern with skeletons either coming up from underneath her or through her or coming up from the grave trying to get a hold of this lantern. And then you have these spirit butterflies flying in the background with these wonderful uh, Japanese cherry trees uh, in the for, uh, background with some city lights. And then you got uh, headstones with some type of weird green light lettering. It's very beautiful. Very nice image. Ravishing, what are your thoughts on this image? I like it. It's, it's, it's actually a pretty cool image. Um, I think it's very pretty. But it, it does have a lot of similarities. Well, the concepts. Just a little, little, little. I'm not going to say it's too on the nose because it's no, not. It's no. it's a completely different thing. But there's a little, you know, you know, flattery. They say flattery is imitation. Well, Watsi, if you're imitating, I, I love what you're imitating. Let me just tell you, I, I love what you're doing here. So if anybody here uh, listening or watching the show can figure out what this art is, do me a favor share this art with me and let me know who's the artist first of all and then number two what card is it so before you know obviously uh this show is sponsored so let's get to the sponsorship this show is sponsored to you by your friends at greg's games that's right greg's games at 2103 white horse mercerville road hamilton new jersey 08619 
I have to bring them up. Why? Because this is a great, great, amazing shop. And since the fact that we're talking about competitive play, LGSs are your first stop for competitive play. And this place is a WPN premier shop. That means, guess what? A normal uh, LGS, right? They're sending one player. This place is sending two. So I guarantee probably the top two players, boom, they get bumped up to go to regionals. Gives you another reason to show up, right, ladies and gentlemen? So I don't care if you're in Philly, you can come over the bridge. If you're in New York, you can come over the bridge, go down the uh, Jersey Turnpike. And if you're in Baltimore, eh, Jersey's nice. What can I say? Jersey's very nice. It's a three-hour trip, but who cares? Welcome to the Jersey Shore. And uh, who knows? You might be able to go to the local, you know, go to the Stone Pony in Asbury Park and watch a great show. But Greg's Games, let me just tell you, Greg's Games is an amazing shop. shop. You can get uh, booster packs. You can get singles. They got commanders, pioneer decks, standard decks. In you know the box joints they got, you can get deck boxes. Uh, did I say sleeves? Did, uh, did I say uh, portfolios? They got your Magic Gathering needs. They got the Pokemon. They got the Yu-Gi-Oh. Did I mention Warhammer and Dungeons and & Dragons and other multiple tabletop games? Greg's expanded the shop. I've explained it once, and I've explained it twice. I've, I think I explained it thrice. They made the shop bigger. Why? Because the communities come together, and this is a place to go to, ladies and gentlemen. It's a moral imperative for you to show up. So if you're looking to do, uh, what, legacy, modern, pioneer, especially pioneer when it comes to spirits, pauper, uh, modern, they have it. They have it there for you. So check them out. Greg's Games, 2103 Whitehorse, Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. And when you're there, tell them, hey, Greg, I heard about you on uh, MTG Ectoplasm. And uh, he's been raving a lot about your show, uh, you know, your your shop. So I'm here and I'm liking. So with that being said, th- that's the end of it. The pleasantries are over and done with. The bills just got paid. And it's now time to get to the meat and potatoes of the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because Pro Tour is almost here. Right? Pro Tour is almost here. The reason why I say that, ladies and gentlemen, is if you remember uh, one of my previous episodes where I was talking about Watsi creating the word Pro Tour, and it might be coming out in June or July, and they're going to start with Pioneer. They're going to start with Pioneer. I'm going to throw a nugget out here. I just got reached out by a gentleman who just came in second place in the Pioneer Challenge. Okay, he was running a spirit deck. He may be on the show. Maybe tomorrow. Shh, maybe. I just got to verify with him. But shh. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they're coming. They're coming here because they want me to share with you their thoughts, their insights, the way to win and kick ass and take names and make your opponent say, that's Bushid. But let's get let's get to the meat and potatoes of the show, shall we? I love meat. I love potatoes. Like I don't think I could be a vegan. Shame on me. I'm a fat guy and I should be vegan. Well, let's get to it. This is this is my ways of explaining how you, the individual, can go out there and become a better tournament player to get out to an event and say, you know what? I'm tired of getting my ass beat. I'm tired of coming in, as the French could say, cum si cum sa. Not not be in the middle of the road. You know, there's old uh, Confucius saying, uh, go on one side of the road, you're safe. Go on the other side of the road, you're safe. Even go in the middle, squish like grape. 
not good. So these are my thoughts on what you should do when trying to get ready for a Magic the Gathering event. Doesn't matter if it's small or large, as long as you're ready. And this is it. Ready? I hope you got your pens and papers down or you're taking notes on your computer or your tablet. And possibly on your cell phone. I don't know. First things to, first things first. Prior to the event, when you hear this event, like I said, the one coming up in June or July for the pro, uh, you know, pro tour uh, to get you ready for the regionals, local then regionals. Look at your deck list. Look at the decks that are out there. Make sure they fit your style. Make sure they fit your technique. As a person like myself, what I love about Spirits is Spirits runs a little bit of hot and cold. And what I mean by that hot and cold, hot meaning it can be aggressive. It can play aggro. What I mean by cold, it plays not like control, but it plays as we would call tempo. It does a little bit of both. It goes in with the hit in your mouth a little bit, and then we control what's going on on our opponent's turn, meaning, hey, I'm going to play a creature on your turn, or I'm affecting the board state of what my opponent does. So you, when it comes to spirits, that's what we do, and you got to figure out what type of spirit, if you're in spirits, what type of spirit deck you're playing, meaning are you going to play the Bant build, the white, blue, green, or are you going to play the Azorius build, the white, blue? Hell, I've heard players just recently talking about, hey, there's enough cards in here that we could sit there and go mono blue. If you're going to go mono blue, bravo. 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 I would love to see a mono blue person take, uh, you know, have the moral turpitude to sit there and have the courage to sit there and do it. You do it. You you do you, right? But that's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. You got to figure out the type of deck that you're going to take out to this event. The next thing you got to do is practice, practice, practice. Practice makes perfect. There's an old saying like 100,000. If you spend 100,000 hours practicing one thing, you become a master of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I practice my spirits deck, not only in modern, but in pioneer. And I've been practicing a lot. And I'm not going to say I'm on the... I'm not going to call myself a master because that's too arrogant of me. I'm a specialist who knows how to play my deck in and out correctly, correctly and effectively because I played the deck over and over and over again. I've been playing this deck since 2018. Now, Pioneer, I, you know, I started playing Pioneer when Pioneer came about and I actually looked at my, my, my most recent deck. Ugh, the deck list was awful. I had to go in there and change out the, uh, mana base because the mana base was completely horrific so fortunately i did that so i want to make sure you know which deck i'm going to play you know uh, am i you know in pioneer i'm going to play mono blue snow i love my mono blue snow hands down one of my favorites then there's the bant version now bant they were playing with uh uh noble hierarch uh but now they're no longer playing that so the question is, do I play it with the Noble or do I not play it? You know, I've seen people talk about Utopia Sprawl. I'm like, mm, not my thing, you know. So I got to figure out if I'm going to go Pant. And then, of course, there's the Azorius build. You know, it's it's the typical Azorius. Obviously, in Pioneer, there is no uh, Aether Vial. Now, what's kind of funny is that friend of the show, the Spirit Master, Andre Segarra, uh, you can find him at, I think, Rearranged AS on YouTube. He just released a, a deck list, and I'm a big fan of it as well. And it's Simic. 
Simic spirits, ladies and gentlemen, Simic. I'm not making this up. He just built a deck list and it plays very similar to the mono blue snow without having it to be mono blue snow. Uh, it does a lot more card drawing. It's very aggro with a lot of counter spells. I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't know if I'm more of a fan of it than my mono blue snow build, but I see the power behind the the simic version so that's the key thing ladies and gentlemen when it comes to spirits we got many different versions variations and you have to figure out which variation that actually fits the current meta at the particular time uh if you look at uh an individual like hiro tosuki in japan he's only running mono blue you have uh ramp remf maybe on the show don't tell anybody he might be on the show tomorrow Okay, he, he came in second place in the Pioneer Challenge with a pant build. And there's several other people out there that I sing with the Azorius build that are kicking names and taking ass. Uh, uh, we, uh, I mean, kicking ass and taking names. Oops. <laughs> but they're doing stuff with the deck. So, like I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you got to figure out what you're into. And once you figure that out, play test, play test, play test, and you'll be able to find out, hey, this deck is me or this deck is not me. And it, and you got to find out where you are. I say this because I've seen certain players, they come in and they tried the spirits out and they're like, well, it's, it's just not me. I don't like it. And they just picked it up. The, they just picked up the deck. And they're playing it all wrong. They're playing it all confused and uh, like a jumbled mess. When you pick up a deck, you have to understand what are the lines of victory and where the weaknesses fall. And if you see the weak areas, that's where you practice hard to clean up those weak areas or you construct your sideboard to basically clean up the weak points in your deck against the decks that are out there in the uh, modern meta, or sorry, the current meta in which you play. That doesn't matter if it's modern or pioneer. Now, especially what I will tell you is that any person who is a content creator who knows anything about magic will tell you hands down the secret to getting really, really good is before an event, play two weeks in advance. That means go to your LGS or other LGSs in the area and play, practice. And you're going to see the true decks that are out there. Hell, go to MDGO and you're going to see the decks that are out there being played in the current meta and you're going to see where your deck stands. And when you do that, you this is the point where you go, these are the particular cards in my sideboard that are great and that are bad. And the bad ones you just rip out and go, no, I'm not going to use that. I'm going to now put in these other key cards in my sideboard to make a conclusion to make a uh, to clean up my deck also key point key moment key key thought this is this is where the the light bulb should be hitting you or the like uh what was the uh newton right the the guy with the the gravity the apple hit him on the head i want you to think about this this is the point where you should be coming up with a little cheat sheet finalizing it coming up to your completion of what cards should go in in certain matchups and what cards should come out 
in those certain matchups. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you are allowed to have a cheat sheet with you when you're playing. Like, especially if you're after game one, you go to game two, you're allowed to look at your little cheat sheet. And it's supposed to be one sheet. Doesn't matter if it's flipped over one sheet and you can, you know, talk to your judge, talk to the judge before you even play. And I guarantee the judge will tell you exactly what I said. You can have one sheet. That's a cheat sheet. No more, no less. And in that cheat sheet, you figure out what works for you. Now I've heard people go, Hey, well, I want a sideboard list and I want somebody to create it for me. And I want them to this. No. No, I I put out content. There was a young man, in, young man in the, I think it was Singapore. He actually reached, you know, I reached out to him. He was his name is Shock Onion, big fan of his work. But he created this sideboard deck list. I put it out there for people. But then one thing I realized, it's a mistake to do this. It's a mistake to sit there and take somebody's sideboard for this particular reason, because you do not understand the reasons why they're removing those cards. You're not understanding the fundamental matchups and the problems with those matchups just by putting those cards in. You're just going to go, well, this should do it and just play and hopefully you get the key victory. And if you don't get the victory, you go, oh, that sideboard sheet was wrong. That guy was an ass clown. That guy was a mistake. The guy has no clue what he's talking about. When realistically, you don't know how those cards are supposed to be played, when you're supposed to play them, and the true interactions. Now, some of you are going to go, well, Dwight, come on. How hard is the interaction for, I don't know, Stony Silence or uh, Rest in Peace? Well, do you know when the appropriate time is to play them? Do you know when not to play them? Do you know the key matchups that you should or shouldn't play them? Just saying. These are the moments, the two weeks in advance, before an event is to think about what you should or should not do and why those key cards are in your sideboard at all. Understand, I went to the uh, SEG event in Philadelphia. Realistically, there was no LGS that was doing anything except for Greg's games locally. And uh, I decided to go through MTGO. And it got me ready. I had my sideboard. Now, there was one one or two cards that I looked at on my sideboard. I was like, man, I wish I didn't put this in here. Because the certain decks that I thought I was going to meet and match weren't there. Weren't there at all. Now, that's my thought before the event. Now, the, the night before. The night before is huge. Why do I say it before? Because everybody gets anxious. Everybody gets nervous. Everybody gets is full of, full of energy. Can, oh, my God, can I sleep? Can I this and that? And I know some of us that are mature. I like to say mature, older. <clears throat> Realistically, we're actually more immature because we'll go out there, party, you know, you know, drink our beer or, or drink our whiskey and go, ah, yeah, I, I, I can go out there and kick ass. So, you know, I know what I'm doing. I've been playing this game long enough. I can beat anybody. Realistically, that's when we end up getting our our back ends back ends handed to us. So the number one thing you should do the night before is sleep. Get a good night's sleep. I don't care if you're on a Tempur-Pedic, a purple, or sleeping on your mom's couch, sleeping on the floor. Get good sleep. It's a moral imperative. 
The next thing you should do, honestly, 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 and I'm telling you, I'm begging you here, change your sleeves. <clears throat> change out your sleeves. Why? I know some of you are like, well, I'm, I don't need to do that. I'm cheap. I'm frugal. I'll, I'll keep on using the same sleeves. No, no, that's a mistake. Huge, huge mistake. Why is it huge? This is why. Because if there's any markings on them, a judge can come around and go, that's a marked card. Now you're disqualified for the, the you you end up losing that gate match and you're potentially disqualified from the event. Change out your sleeves. I understand like sleeves are what, 10 to 15 bucks. I hate to tell you don't be cheap because you already spent a lot of money just to get to the event, paid money to be at the event potentially need to get cards for the event because if you don't have the sideboard cards it's tough so do yourself a favor change out the sleeves and keep extras with you just i'm gonna this could come a little later but save some save some i'm just telling you i i i was at an event and one or that was two two of my sleeves right ravishing two that ended up ripping Fortunately, I had extras, boop, boop, swapped them out. A number one, grade A, I was in good shape. The next thing you should do, honestly, is count your deck. Make sure there's 60 cards in there. Make sure that, like, I hope you have, like, a spreadsheet or a, an Excel worksheet. That's what my wife does for me. Thank God. Thank you, you know, ravishing for it. She makes an Excel worksheet for me of my deck list and my sideboard. And what I do the night before I double check, make sure all the cards are there, even my sideboards, make sure my lands are right. We do the analytics on point. Now, the next thing. For those who enjoy foils but do not have a deck full of foils, do me a favor. If your deck is not completely foiled out, take out the foils. Take out the foils if your deck is not fully foiled out. Rule number one. Why? Because the cards bend. And because the cards bend, a judge can come along and go, that's a marked card. You you personally put a foil in there to bend it so you know where that foil is. That's marked. Uh, you lose this match and potentially disqualified from the event. You don't want that. Now, Rule two, when it comes to the foil, only applies because rule one is wrong. And what I mean by that is if your deck is completely foiled out, let it be foiled out. Keep your foils in there. Hell, be that arrogant guy. Show, you know, uh, I, I forgot somebody, like, I forgot what it is, like, foil something. <clears throat> Where they didn't care. They're like, hey, I'm going to show my foils. Like, uh. And play with all the foils. That's what I do. My my modern Azorius and Bant deck completely foiled out. Hell, even my play mat. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. My play mat is foiled. I wish I had it with me. But my play mat is foiled. Now, why do I have a foiled play mat? Just because I can. What was that there? Okay. Uh my playmat's foiled 
Now, people go, well, what's the point? Why would you do something that's silly and, and fall out a play map? This is why. Because it makes my opponent, because magic is a mental game. Shall, let's be honest. They're nervous. They're going to go, oh, my God. They're worried about making misplays and making mishaps, so on and so forth. When they see a deck that's completely foiled out, they're going to go, holy crap, this guy's been playing this deck for so long. He foiled out his deck. He loves this deck. He knows the intricacies, the ins and outs of the deck, so he's going to kick ass with this deck. That's the first thing when it comes to a foil deck. Number two, if they see the playmats foiled and it matches all the cards that are in the deck, they're going to go, okay, this guy's freaking a nut job, probably has more money than Wazoo, and now they're now you're playing a mind game with them even before, no, actually during like slightly before the game because they see the playmat, they're like, huh, what's going on here? And then during the game, when they start seeing foils, they're going to go, holy crap, this guy has all these foils? ridiculous so remember rule one when it comes to foils if your deck's not foiled out remove all the foils just put regular cards in and if you're running a foil deck rule one doesn't apply to you leave all the foils in there have fun play with your foil deck don't be afraid of showing off magic you know magic we have show-offs and don't have show-offs i I tend to be a show-off what can i say i was on the late child Now, thanks to my wonderful wife, the Ravishing Renata, thank you. She's the one who actually came up with a worksheet. That's right, an Excel worksheet for me. And why? Because this thing allows me to go through my my backpack before the night and go, do I have this? Check. Do I have this? Check. I don't have this. I need to go to the store and get it before this, you know, before I go to sleep. So this is on my checklist. Ready? My deck. I know it may sound stupid, but I've heard stories about people going to a, an event with their deck box, and next thing they open up the deck box and they go, I don't have a deck. Don't be that individual. And if you have your deck, make sure it has your tokens. If your deck has tokens or needs tokens, don't be that individual who goes, Oh. I'm a slip of paper. It's my token. Don't be that person. Also, bring a playmat. What's it going to hurt? You get to protect your cards. You protect the environment. You protect everyone else. A playmat. A nice playmat. It doesn't have to be for it like mine. Next thing you need is a life pad. Doesn't hurt. You get to, you know, technically by the rules, you're supposed to keep track of your life total and your opponent's life total, and you're not supposed to use the dice. Honestly, that's what the rule stayed. Now, you don't need a specific life pad. You don't, it doesn't matter if it came from Star City Games, Channel Fireball, all my friends from Greg's Games. It doesn't matter where you get it from. As long as you have a life pad where you can keep track. Hell, I use a small little steno pad. It's like a little memo pad. It's tiny. It's like, what, three inches big by one and a half inches? And that's what I do. And as soon as I, I, I play, after game one, I take notes on it. Okay, this facing this deck, these are the cards that kick my ass. These are the cards that end up kicking the, their ass. My weakness is here. These are my strengths. So I know 
so I can take my cheat sheet out or what I call my cheat sheet or is just my sideboard uh, list. Swap everything out that I need, put new cards in and go, okay, now it meets the criteria. Now I'm ready to play game two. So I tend to do much better in game two than game one. But because it's just, I, I, I'm trying to always figure out what my opponent does. So a life pad is very handy. Dice. Dice is always good too, because if you're going to have to put plus one, plus one counters on something, or you're going to have to do the first roll, you know, like, oh, who goes first? You or me? I usually go, you know, let's flip a you know, coin, you know, heads I win, tails you lose. Everybody's smart. They always pick up on that. Then two writing utensils. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Not one, but then you got two. Two writing utensils. Because you never know. One might go bad. But at least you have two. And then extra storage for goodies from the tournament. That could be like a deck box. It could be a binder. Just something that you could sit there and contain stuff. Because God knows, you know, I know, we both know. That you're going to go over there and trade some stuff, and then you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff in return, and you go, oh, man, I, I wish I had a container to put my new cards or my sleeves or this new binder or something. Just something to, you know, to hold on, something that stash safely. And then for me personally, this is me because I'm a big guy, but, you know, I worry about other people. Bring a protein bar. Bring a you know. Bring some nuts. You know, I'm not saying you know. You can bring a candy bar, but halfway through the day, that thing's going to be nice and melted, and it's going to be gross. You can bring soda with you, but that's going to be like mm, warm soda. And if you're like warm soda, then it's okay. If you don't like warm soda, then mm. so what I usually bring is water or iced tea. Big fan of iced tea. So that's what I do personally. I'm my book bag. I have this deck, this checklist, and that's what I go through. Boom, and then boom, get it all ready and done. And now I don't have to worry about nothing but, oh, getting directions. Oh, that's another thing. Getting directions to the event, looking on your GPS, and make sure you get there on time. Because I'll tell you, number one key thing, you always want to get to this event ahead of time. Don't be like this jackass here who went to Star City, so the Star City Games event in Philly, and showed up late and missed out on playing at the the modern challenge or the modern event. Idiot. I'm an idiot because I showed up late. Not because my wife woke up late, not because I woke up late. Neither one of us woke up late. It's just, I don't know, we didn't prepare ahead of time, you know, with the GPS. And there you go. So don't be that person and show up early. It doesn't hurt to show up early because you get to learn where all the tables are. Because they're going to go, well, you got to go to the red section. You got to go to the blue section. You got to get to the yellow section or the green section. At least you get to know where all the sections are. You get to see where all the numbers are. Then on top of that, for safety reasons, I like to know where all the exits are. You know, I, I have a, a, you know, as a former firefighter, I have a fear of fire. I'm not a fear of fire, but a healthy respect of fire. So I, I always look for exits. So when you go, you know, before the event, show up extra early. Look for your surroundings. And know the layout. Now, when you're playing, now this is a specific time. Now you're sitting, you're about to go down, you're at the vent, you've already checked in, you've given your money, you've handed over your playlist or your checklist. They don't do that anymore. You got to do online. 
So make sure you, you double check with your affiliate, whoever you're uh, playing with on how to submit your deck list. The reason why I didn't put it here is back in the day, it used to be pen and paper. You just give it to the person, you're done. Now they want everything digital. So you got to figure out what, what that is. That's before you show up. at But while playing, do me a favor. Show up early, like I said. Get the layout of the uh, event. But when you find your seat and you're about to face your opponent, be nice, be friendly, be cordial. Don't be a jerk. Why? Because this is Magic the Gathering. And what are we doing there? We're there to gather and have a good time. And hopefully kick ass. Same. You know, many of us have the hopes and dreams of being the winner, being the champion, going, yeah, I'm the best of the best of the best. I'm the cream of the crop, the crumb de la creme, right? Some of us, you know, there's some of us that make it, some of us don't. So when you're playing, and if you win, don't be a jerk. Don't rub it in the other person's face. And if you lose, you know, like that movie Frozen, that song, let it go. Just let it go. Don't don't beat yourself up. You have other matches. And if you end up going, what, 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, other side offense. It gives you more time to sit there and practice with the deck that you enjoy and play and love. Now, when you're in the middle of playing, I see a lot of these guys swapping these cards. And what they're trying to do is play with a mental game with you to help you speed up your game. And when you speed up your game, you tend to not think correctly. So what I'm going to tell you is slow it down. Despacito. Take it easy. Why? Because going quick makes many, many stupid mistakes. Why make a misplay when you could, you have time? Think about it. Figure out your, you, you should know your deck. You should know the lines of victory. If your play, opponent plays something that you weren't expecting, okay, take a deep breath. Do you have the answers in your hand? Do you have the answers in your deck? If you don't, well, keep on moving forward. Don't worry about that thing. Worry about everything else. Right? There's, you can't, you know, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So take your time. Take your time. Don't make a misplay. Now, one thing I will tell you, don't be afraid to call a judge. Now, this sounds crazy. This sounds silly. But judges aren't there to penalize. Judges are there to keep fair play. Because what happens if there was an honest, simple mistake made by your opponent? Or what happens if you made the mistake? The judge is there to come along and go, not say, oh, you you screwed up, you know, now game goes to this person, now cancel the game, now you're out of here. They only do that if you're really cheating. But if you're not cheating, you made a simple, humble mistake. We're all human. Hell. We all make mistakes. So call the judge over. Don't be afraid to call the judge. Be friendly. Talk to the judge. Hey, judge, how you doing? Your name is? Nice being you. Hopefully I won't have to call you over except for when I have to tally the victories and losses. But if you bring the judge over, remember, be respectful. Let your opponent speak. You speak. Let them know what's going on. And guess what? Fair play will uh, be reestablished. Then finally, after the event. Like I said before, this is what I do. After each game, I take notes. 
and it's good and it's healthy to look at your notes. Why? Because now you can sit there and correct, correct the mistakes that you made and get yourself ready for the next match. And then you do it again, getting ready for the next match, the next game, the next. So you don't keep on making the same mistake over and over again. But there's old saying the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and over again to hopefully to get, you know, hoping to get a different result. I'm not insane. I'm not. No. So I like to take my time. I like to focus. I like to review my notes after every game. And especially after the event. Because then I can sit there and calculate, was my day successful? Or was it truly a waste of time? Did I have fun inside events? Did I bring a commander deck? Did I bring a non-competitive, or I mean, meaning, did I bring a, you know, if I'm a pioneer, playing pioneer, did I bring a modern deck to play with? Because there's somebody that's got to be there doing that or playing commander. Hell, once in a while, I like to bring my popper deck just because, there's always got to be one or two somebodies that like to play popper. So you never know. And this is the great time to sit there and make new friends or hell, go check out the artists and see what new uh, artwork they have available. Yeah. They, they're not like goldfish. that like to be stared at going, Hey, you're an artist. You know how to use color. Oh, they're friendly. They're people go, go mingle with them. Be nice to them. Don't, you know, if you appreciate their art, let them know. And if you don't, don't tell them because that'll break their heart. And just remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you're at these events, just have fun. Because otherwise, what's the point of going? If it's all about just, don't get me wrong, I like to win. And winning is good. Winning is fun. Winning is great. But not everything is about winning. It's the adventure to the winning. And if you didn't win, that's all right. You learn from losses. That's why I can't wait when, uh, like I keep on saying, soon we finally finalize the imagery that we have for MTG Ectoplasm gameplay. I know that I'm going to come out one day and start playing and showing you how I play the game and how I do things in my thought process and things to help you better your game. And I'm not going to be able to win them all. I know that realistically and honestly. But if you see my mistakes, you'll learn from them so you don't make them. The greatest teacher is learning from other people's mistakes so you do so you don't have to make them. If I can make the mistakes and make myself go look like a jackass so you don't have to, then hell, I'm a great teacher. Learn from my mistakes. Don't do what I do. Now, when I do victories and do things right, then learn from that too. It doesn't hurt. But definitely learn from my mistakes because I learn from every mistake that I've ever done. Those are my thoughts about bettering yourself at a pro tour or just an event at an, you know, competing at MTG. Tell me your thoughts. Am I right? Am I wrong? Or am I just full of fecal material? I'm just curious. I want to know from you.
reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com or just reach out to me at mttectoplasm. Because I really would love to know your thoughts. Because it's, you know, everybody ha- does their own thing. Everybody is has their own intimate feeling. Now, before I end the show, I want to send a special thanks to an individual who wrote out to me from Germany, from Bonn, Germany. Uh, what I will say is, I'm, you know, he goes by MTG Modern Dude, and I want to thank him because he reached out to me and he, he has, you know, several things that he brought up and something that made me want to challenge you as individuals listening and watching the show. There are certain key cards that we don't play with. And the question is why? And why should always pop in your head? And you shouldn't just wait for people like me to come in and say, play this card or don't play this card. Play it. See what happens. Remember how we had the uh, D-Star, the gentleman from Sweden, who built, made the Urion build, we had him on the show. And he saw somebody else doing it and, you know, had a Urion build with Merfolk. And he goes, you know, I want to try with Spirits. And then he, he ended up doing exceptionally well. He, I think he top forward or top five, top five in a modern challenge. He, he didn't wait for Andre Seguera or me to go out there and say, this is what you should do. But he took it on his own initiative. So I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, go out there. Don't be stuck in the same rut. Don't be afraid of change. Change the environment that you play in, and you will see potential victory or ways to keys the victory. Or you just see losses and you go, that just didn't work. And now I'm going to learn from it. So I want to thank that individual, uh, MTG dude uh, from Bonn, Germany for reaching out to me and saying, hey, how about this? How about this card? I talked to him about the particular card he had in mind. Uh, Hopefully he plays the card, he tries it out, and he finds out, you know, yeah or meh. It's a buy or sell. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here tonight. Uh, You know, what more can I say? The next time you're kicking your opponent's ass, make sure they say, that's Bushi. We're out of here.